Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Showgame Podcast with me, Sean Colfer. So it's been a fairly eventful two weeks in the wider Frisbee world since we last had an episode. We've had a lot of stuff going on with Wuff bids for various different tournaments. We've had a lot of stuff confirmed. All the trials for the World Games team have now concluded, and the uni season is very, very close to kicking off. So quite a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, but the first thing to talk about, I think, given the kind of attention it's garnered and the people that have been looking at it, is the bids to WUCC. So the bids were announced a little while ago. We talked about it, I think, last time around, about each country had been given one bid other than a couple of countries. The USA and Canada had two bids in every division, and then the countries who did the best at the last WUCC got one bid extra in each division so that was Germany in mixed that was Australia in open and that was Colombia in women's since then we've had a lot of people I think confirm whether they are or aren't going to the tournament which has meant that we have had it confirmed that there will be two bids for the UK for GB in each division so that means that we will have in open Chevron and Clapham both going in women's Bristol and Iceni and in mixed smog and deep space a lot of speculation has uh, resulted in whether we are going to get three bids into any of these divisions. So I thought the best thing to start out with would be the likelihood of whether we're going to be getting three bids in any divisions. Now, the first thing to say is that this is a relatively opaque process. The guidance on the Wuftoff website, which is in the appendix to the Wuftoff rules, E5 bids to club team event um, section there, if you want to read it, the bit at the top, says that there are a number of criteria that are, will be implemented in order. It does say at the top that if the criteria for all national federations exceeds event capacity, that they will be using the most recent Wuftoff world rankings of Ultimate. And that appears to be what's happened in the first round of allocations. So we have a number of countries that have been given an extra bid, and then we have some countries that are slightly lower down in the world rankings not get bids. Most clearly... The Dutch, who have not had a massive presence in Open for the last few years, have been given two bids to Open, whereas Ireland have only been given one. Now, in the Ultimate World Rankings, the Netherlands are ranked 16 and Ireland are ranked 17. So that would suggest that the number of Open teams that were going to be going, uh, the number of spaces they had, stopped when they got down to the Netherlands. Now, the Netherlands have declined that second bid and Finland have declined their bid as well. Outside of that, there are no spare bids in open as things currently stand. There are some teams in there that may not attend. Singapore, for example, are in open, but also have at least one bid in mixed. Uh, there's places like Venezuela and South Africa and Hong Kong and Haiti who do not have massive histories of sending teams in several divisions. It may well be we've seen Venezuela send mixed teams, we've seen South Africa send teams before, so it's difficult to tell exactly what teams will be going. But what we can say with a fair amount of certainty, I would say, is that there will be more dropouts in Open than just the two that currently seem to exist. Now, does that mean they're going to go down the Wuff rankings, or does that mean that they're going to go down and use rule E5.7, which says additional spaces per division will be offered to federations based on the finishing position of countries that the preceding relevant World Clubs events, which in this case would be WCC 2018. I would guess 
that it looks as though we're going to go down the world rankings and see if anyone wants a second spot and then go to WCC from there. So it appears in open that we haven't got down all the way through the countries yet. That means I would guess that there's going to be a couple of countries that will take a second spot. Number one among them will be Belgium, where Mooncatchers defeated Gentle in the game to go to Worlds. Gentle, who just finished third in Europe. And I guess if you offered them a spot at Worlds, they would probably be taking it. So uh, I think in open, it seems to me that it will be relatively unlikely that we do get a third bid. There's still a possibility. Like I say, there's a lot of places that are unconfirmed. Australia have three bids, and I know there's some uncertainty as to how many they're going to be taking. And then, as I said, there's countries like Ghana, Haiti, Hong Kong, Venezuela that don't have long-standing histories of sending teams to WCC, especially considering the cost that is going to be involved in going to Cincinnati. So open, I would say, not a great chance of getting a third bid. In women's, on the other hand, there are seven bids which haven't yet been taken. They are question marks at the moment. We don't quite know what's going on. Then we have places like Austria have declined their second bid. Box Vienna have taken one bid. The second bid has been declined. And Finland, who have such a storied history in women's ultimate, but haven't been sending teams recently and have declined their bid to WCC 2022 as well. So uh, that's nine bids. And it does look as though, looking at the number of people who have bids already, that they have pretty much gone down the whole list because Austria have been given a second bid and Austria are ranked 20th in the world. So if they've been given a second bid, I would guess that they're going to have continued down the rankings. Next will be Finland. They decline their bid, as we've discussed. The Czech Republic are only sending a team in mixed. They're not sending a team in either open or women's. Uh, you can keep going down the list. India, Latvia, Portugal, Mexico, South Africa. I would doubt that any of these teams, any of these places are going to be sending a second team or in some cases even one team. So that being the case, it does appear as though these nine bids are going to be going back through the teams in the order they finished in WCC in 2022 or world rankings. It's still unclear as to what they're going to be using. And that does make a difference for Great Britain because Great Britain are ranked third in the world rankings. So if they're using that system, it's almost certain that Great Britain are going to get a third bid because we'll be the third in line. And the rules say that after assigning three bids, that you go to everyone else to see if they want a third before you assign anyone else a fourth. America and Canada, numbers one and two in the world, already have three bids. So that means it's more likely that GB will get a third bid than America get a fourth. All that to say, if we are using world rankings, GB are probably going to be next in line. But if we're using the finishing places from the last WCC, the, the picture is still not that bad. Because if we look at it, you have America in first position, obviously. They have already been given three bids. So as we said, they'll go to everyone else to see if they want a third bid before we go back to America and assign a fourth. That is the same with Canada, who have been given three bids. Then you go down to Colombia, who've already also been given three bids. Then you go to Japan, who have been given two bids. So they will probably be first on that list. Then you have Finland, who is the highest placed European nation. They've already declined one bid, so it doesn't look like they'll be taking another one. Then you have Russia, who have also declined bids to all divisions. The Russians will not be at WCC 2022, which is a real shame given how strong they've been on the European scene in the last few years. But that means, again, there is a space there. And then you go to Australia. Australia, who have only been given one bid so far. Now, in Open, they have two. And there are lots of other countries in the women's division who have two, which would indicate that Australia have declined a second bid. So, 
if we go around the world rankings, it would seem that GB is next in line for one of those spots if anyone does decline them. And as I've said, there are nine spots that seem to be available. And if we're using the WCC 2022 rankings, it appears as though we will be second in line behind Japan. So I would say the chances in women's are pretty strong that Great Britain will be getting a third bid. That's This is all obviously speculation. It is not confirmed. This is me looking at what's been assigned and the rules that Wooftuff have laid out and what that might mean and how it might affect who goes. But I would say the chances at this stage look pretty good for a third bid in women's. Mixed is slightly more complicated again because it's the biggest division. There are still three bids that are unassigned. Again, those are kind of question marks at the moment. We don't know what's going on with them. You have a number of countries in mixed that it's difficult to tell whether they're going to be going. Uruguay, who have gone before. Um, there's two Spanish mixed teams that could be going. You've got Singapore have one spot, but they have had two teams go before. And then you have nations like Panama, Hong Kong, India, the Dominican Republic. Uh, it's difficult to tell whether these nations are going to be able to afford to go because, as we said, America has a much higher cost attached to going over there to travel and to play there. So... Difficult to tell, difficult to tell in a lot of different circumstances, but what it appears is that there are already three spots, and then you have places like the Netherlands have declined their second spot, and there are a couple of other countries that no doubt that will be declining spots as well. In mixed, we are seventh on the list from WUCC 2018, with America number one. Again, they already have three spots, so we can skip them out for now. The next would be Canada. Now, Canada already have three spots there as well, so we can skip them out. Then will be the Dutch, but as we've said, the Netherlands have declined a spot. Then you would have the Germans. Germany already have three spots. They have Disconnection, Mainz-Arena, and Colorado already all down to go to WCC, so again, we can skip them out. Then you go to Pie Wagon in Australia. Australia do have two bids here, so it's possible that they will take one of those bids. So that's one. And then Colombia, who do have two bids, and again, they could take it, so that's two. But with three bids that are kind of unaccounted for and at least one dropout, it does seem as though a third mixed bid could also be in the offing for Great Britain. So if it goes to world rankings, we'll be number one in line for whatever division turns up. But if we go to the finishing positions in WCC 2018, bearing in mind who's dropped out and who already has three bids, in women's we will be second behind Japan, and in mixed we will be third behind Australia and Colombia. In open, as we said, far fewer dropouts so far, but uh, just to kind of complete the thing here, we'd be looking at third in Wuftoff, as we said, but in the WCC rankings from 2018, open would be eighth because Clapham finished 10th and there were seven nations ahead of them. All three American teams finished ahead. Uh, Goat from Canada. Canada already have three spaces, so we can cross them off for now. Australia, uh, Colony, who are now Sunder, they finished ahead, but Australia also already has three to places, so we can cross them off for now. Then you had Nomadic Tribe from Japan. They only have two places. Uh, Buzzwillets and Rascals are going from Japan, so we can probably put them, them down as one. Then you have France. Czech finished ahead of Clapham. France have taken two bids so far. It may well be that they would take a third. It's difficult to tell. And then you have Germany, where Bad Skid finished ahead. Uh, at the moment, Banskid and Wall City are both confirmed going. Germany have two places, so that's another one that could be in there. And then you have Italy, where Kuz finished just ahead, having won the final game against Clapham. So if we're going by Wuftoff, we'd be the first in line for open bids. If you're going by play finishing places at WCC, we will be fifth in line because Japan, France, Germany, and Italy would all be ahead of Great Britain. So you'd need 
to be sure of a Great Britain place, you would need five teams dropping out, as well as enough spaces for places like Belgium, who, as discussed, may well want to send a team for a spot that they haven't already got through the world rankings of the earlier set of allocations. So it looks as though it's slightly more difficult, but let's see what happens with dropouts as we get closer to the event. Hopefully that has somewhat cleared up things for everybody, or at least given people an idea of what might happen. My personal view on this would be in open, it seems more likely that we don't get a third space than we do, would be my, would be my guess. Whereas in women and mixed at this stage, and again, this is very much unconfirmed. This is me speculating. This is me looking at who's been given places, what places are left and, and how many kind of spots appear to be available. But in women and mixed, I would be uh, reasonably surprised if we don't get a third bid. So please no one get your hopes up based on what I'm saying. I'm just an idiot with a podcast, but anyone else could do some research, look at these rules, look at who's been given bids, look at the Woof rankings, and I imagine you'll probably come to some reasonably similar conclusions. So fingers crossed, we get some clarity on that relatively soon. So congratulations to all six teams who have cemented their places to the WCC, who will be going to Cincinnati next year. And for those of you who are still uh, experiencing a nervous wait, I have my fingers crossed for you, and I hope that we'll hear some positive news in the near future. Talking of bids from Wuffduff, we also had confirmation about the number of Masters bids. So uh, to confirm there, London Masters Women, LMU, who have got a spot in Masters Women, they were the only applicants there. There are two bids to Masters Open. Magic Toast, a storied team that have uh, featured a lot of people who have played for uh, Clapham and Chevron and Iceni and uh, Leeds in the past. They used to be a mixed team, uh, but it, they are in the Open Division going to Limerick and also Devon going to the Open Division in Limerick. Devon, who uh, I talked to some of their players before, they've been on this podcast saying that that's uh, an aim that they want to go and do very well, although Phil was at pains to just point out that they want to go and have, have a fun time and do as well as they can. Some of the other people on their team are saying they have loftier goals, let's put it that way. And then in Masters Mixed, I've already talked about the qualifiers, which I played in, and there are three spots in the Masters Mixed Division. So Reading, who won those qualifiers, Thundering Herd, who finished second, and MCP, Masters Control Protocol, have all qualified for Worlds in Limerick. Then you have the Grandmasters. We have teams going in two divisions, Grandmasters Mixed. That team is as yet unnamed. And in Grandmasters Open, we have the return of Zimmer, who did a really good job when they were in the Masters Division, and now they are going in a slightly older division, to try and do, well, one better, I think. I, I think they were not down in the quarterfinals, and I'm sure they are going to be aiming to get into those semis and, and do as well as they can over in Ireland. And then finally, there is one team in the great Grandmasters Open division. Again, that team is yet to be named, but that means that we have nine teams going over to Limerick to play at World Masters. So overall, good news for Great Britain. Six teams going to WCC confirmed already with hopefully more to follow, and nine teams going to WMUCC. So all good stuff. So we'll move on now to talking about the World Games trials. I'm hoping that we'll be able to talk to the coaches, Lucy and Sam, and, and kind of get some insights as to how the trials went from their perspective. I'm sure it was a, a lot of work, a lot of stress. There was obviously three trials, one in Scotland, one in Manchester, and one in London. Uh, the latter two on consecutive days in one weekend. So a lot of traveling around, a lot of people to see, a lot of things to write, a lot of kind of information going into their brains. So they're all, I'm sure, still working on where they where they stand there. 
with the coaches that they were able to, or the people they were able to get to those trials and then help them out as well. So a lot to work on there, but hopefully we can get them on as soon as we can and, and chat about their aims and all that kind of stuff. But I thought for the first instance, it would be interesting to hear from a person who went to the trials about what the experience was like, what the standard was like, what kind of things they did, and just kind of how, how it felt being there. So uh, luckily, I live with somebody who went to one of those trials, my girlfriend, Catherine Elsby, uh, who's an ICD player, went to the trial in Manchester. So I uh, had the easiest interview to organize that I have had so far. Uh, we spoke the other day, and here is what Catherine had to say about the World Games trial. All right, I'm joined now by long-time listener, many-time participant without actually meaning to be, someone who's had to leave the flat several times while I've been recording the podcast, Iceni player, Catherine Elsby. Catherine, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Sean, and I'm just overwhelmed at being invited to be on the podcast, to be honest. Well, I needed to talk to someone about the World Games trials, and you live here, so it seemed (laughs) like it was going to be the easiest thing to do. So, you were... Invited to the World Games trial after you applied. What was it like? I don't know. What was it like being invited? What was it like getting that email to say that uh, you were going along to the trial in Manchester? So I was obviously very pleased to get the email. At first, I kind of wasn't sure whether I should apply or not, because obviously only a few people get to kind of go to the World Games. But after having some conversations with my ICNI teammates and with you, <laughs> I decided to give it a go. May as well uh, may as well apply and see what happens. So when I actually got the uh, email, I was obviously very pleased. And although I was a bit then apprehensive ahead of the actual trial itself, I kind of, as soon as I got there, I realised actually, even though it was a, a really high standard and quite an intense day, there wasn't really any reason for me to be apprehensive. So I thought, I think... Yeah, that was positive. And so talking about the trial itself, it's obviously one of the most high-level trainings or trials you're ever going to go to. It's the best players in the UK or trying to make the same team. So what was it like? What was the day like? I mean, you said it was quite intense. I know it went on for quite a few hours. So just give us kind of an outline of the day and and how you found it. Yes. So um, it was split up into two two two-hour chunks. So the first two hours was indoors. So we started off with a game sixes with a couple of games to three. That was quite interesting because the coaches basically said to us, you don't need to make any decisions about who's kind of handling, who's cutting or anything like that. We'll make those decisions for you because we want to see you in different positions, basically. So um, people were called to handle, people were called to be first, second and third cuts, that kind of thing. And so I thought that was quite a good way of doing it because it meant that everyone then had a chance to kind of show what they could do. And following that, there was a drill which was kind of aimed to look at how we threw kind of breakthroughs in quite tight spaces. And then we went into uh, mini, which I actually thought was my favourite part of the day because it was intense, but it was also really fun. And so then after a hour break to get some food, we went in outside even. (laughs) And then that outside session consisted of some focus throwing followed by a deep defense drill which was really fun again because basically the aim was just not to be beaten deep when we started the drill there was the option to kind of go deep and then come under or continue deep so you kind of still had to be on your toes uh, and adapt from a defensive point of view and then we went into games which again the coaches kind of asked us to play different positions depending on what they were looking for 
and it was just they were quite quite evenly matched games and they were really fun i'd say overall it's the, my overall impression of the trial was that as you kind of said it was the highest mixed training day i've probably ever done and although i definitely forgot there were men there at some points as in like i've been so used to playing women's over the past year or couple of years it was interesting having to adapt but to playing mixed again but also really fun to kind of match up against women that i've been playing with and against in in the league and at nationals this year so a great opportunity to match up against those different players and also against people who are teammates in other situations so like you said before the trial we talked about uh, going and we talked about what it was going to be like and what you're going to learn there and and what you know how valuable it's going to be for you uh, are you glad you went are you glad that you went up to manchester and and gave it a go in in such a you know high level setting i mean what's the if you like if you would not to make the team would you still be glad that you went thank you for for suggesting that i could make the team i appreciate that <laughs> i i'm very glad that i went I think for me it was as someone who elite level ultimate hasn't always been on my radar because I've had other priorities work and studying etc and so I guess I've come to a higher level of ultimate slightly later in my ultimate career and so for me it was matching against some of the best players in the country and not feeling out of my depth was absolutely lovely Um, and although I think you know the standard was super high and it's going to be really really difficult for the coaches to kind of make decisions about who they invite to the final trial um, and so I think and everyone played so well I remember you you asked me who had kind of stood out after the trial and I, I was kind of like a lot of people stood out because no no one played badly and so you know the standard was obviously really high and so I was pleased to be able to be a part of that and kind of walk away feeling like I'd done a good job and that I had managed not to embarrass myself completely. <laughs> uh, yes, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. So you talked about uh, obviously coming to uh, Elite Level Ultimate fairly late. You've played with Iacini this year and uh, obviously done pretty well at Nationals, qualified the Worlds. What was it like playing with Iacini? What was it like playing at that Elite Level for the first time? I have had such a good season. It's been so great. I think it's been an interesting year for ICE because obviously we've had a lot of, it's been quite a lot of turnover during the pandemic and so we had a lot of new players. And so it was actually a really great year to kind of join the team because, you know, a lot of new people coming in, a lot of people I think knew a couple of other people, but it wasn't like I was the only person coming on to, onto a well-established team. And so that kind of created a really inclusive culture, I think, where everyone ultimately everyone got along really well Um, and I think even though we didn't get the outcome that we wanted from nationals I'm feeling really positive about the world's year ahead Um, and we've you know we found out that we qualified yesterday and that was really exciting and so I think I'm yeah basically really looking forward to what the next season will hold. And the change to playing women's as well you've played more mixed beforehand obviously we play mixed on thundering herd that's kind of how we uh, know each other so the change to playing women's you hadn't played all, all that much women's before what was it, what was it like was it kind of a a, a different 
it's obviously a different kind of game, but how long did it take to adjust to that? You, you trained with SICK before in 2020, but obviously 2020 season didn't really happen. So the first competitive women's games you played were really when you were with Iceni. So was that a learning curve or did it come fairly naturally? I would say it probably came fairly naturally. Um, I think on both mixed and women's, I play a similar type of role on the field. And so for me, it, it wasn't a massive adaptation process. And obviously I've played women's, I played juniors and played women's at uni and had the 2020 season with sick that wasn't really a, <laughs> unfortunately didn't actually end up playing any games, but I didn't find the adaptation too difficult to be honest. It was more difficult going back to the World Games trial and like remembering that there's some massive blokes running around on the field and trying not to, <laughs> trying not to take any deep shots that might accidentally get deed because I forgot there was a, a bloke standing in the end zone. All right. Well, thank you for joining me, Catherine, and good luck in the season and in the build up to Worlds. And I'll see you after I've finished recording this podcast. Thank you for inviting me to be on the podcast. Can't wait to not listen to this later. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much to Catherine. Despite that slight dig at the end there, she's, don't worry everyone, she's an avid listener. Uh, even though she doesn't necessarily listen to the podcast, she does listen when I'm recording because she doesn't have much of a choice. I did say in the beginning that uni is starting this weekend, and that means that we will have regionals in three regions. We'll have regionals, uh, mixed indoor regionals for Yorkshire and the East Midlands, for the West Midlands and Wales, and for the East and London. So those venues are going to be in, uh, in Telford, in Nottingham, and in Norwich, I believe. So uh, if you are a student, you are going to those events, the best of luck. We should be having a preview coming to you about the East and London fairly soon. We're still trying to find writers for all the divisions, so bear with us while we kind of try and get that all up and running again. All the other indoor regionals will be the following weekend, so there'll be things coming down the line on those. But next week... I will talk to two of the people who have volunteered to kind of cover uni for us about what these regional championships were like. So if you do want to hear some uni coverage, tune back in next week. And uh, as I say, hopefully we'll have some coverage to come to you on not only the World Games trials, but also some of the beach stuff which has been going on. Uh, I'm aware that those beach teams are kind of making offers and, and uh, getting their teams nailed down fairly soon so that the players that are going to LA in April are going to be able to plan out what they're doing, plan out seasons and get travel and accommodation sorted, all that stuff as early as possible. So not only will we be talking about World Games, we will be talking about World Beach too. So there's a lot going on in the next few weeks. Uh, we'll try and help you navigate through it so you know what's going on at every level. But until next time around, I'll speak to you soon.